Welcome everyone to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes and today we're going to continue through the book of James. However, um, I'm going to be a little pressed for time today simply because Buzzsprout, uh, our podcast host, only renews my time once a month. And so I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of this sermon. Uh, It comes from James chapter 1 verses 21 through 27. So for the sake of time, I'm going to read the text and then give you the cliff notes. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, we've been going through the book of James, but I want to quote from the book of 2 Corinthians because one of the things I've tried to get clear to people is that despite uh, popular belief, James and Paul do not disagree with each other. And what I want to say is this, James's point here is whether someone is saved or self-deceived, if they are a hearer or a doer, and hence the doer would be the person who is truly saved and not self-deceived. Now, again, Paul, in a different way, basically said the same thing in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, He said, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And so Paul and James realized the same problem that we have today is that many people profess faith who do not actually possess faith. There, as James puts it, hearers of the word but not doers. And so we look into the mirror of God's word to examine ourselves, as Paul put it, or as Peter put it, to make your election sure. And I believe that 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 is a very uh, major theme throughout the entire book of James. Um, And so he begins with a call to holy living. He says, therefore, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to go back and read the entire text, He says, therefore, get get all this sin out of your life. Lay it aside and receive with meekness the word. Now, the word therefore is a connecting word. We know that. It connects two ideas. So previously, he spoke of how the word was able to save your souls. And now he says, therefore, get rid of the sin and receive the word with meekness. Okay, with meekness. Now, many people hear the word and they're offended automatically Uh, and they depart because they don't receive it with meekness. Now, remember, James is talking to presumably saved people. And so he says, you need to lay aside sin and receive meekness, the word. 
Let me give you an illustration of what this looks like in a church in 2022. The pastor preaches the word, you're convicted of your sin, and you get mad at the pastor and change churches. Now, he, he, what he read was in the Bible. The way he explained it lined up with the Bible. And truthfully speaking, you should have received that word with meekness and allowed it to further your sanctification, but instead you got mad and decided to take your ball and go home. And that's not evidence of a true Christian. Um, that's evidence at best an immature baby Christian and at worst somebody who's not even saved in the first place because you need to receive with the word with meekness. The word of God will show all of us where we are wrong. But then our prerogative is to repent and change our ways instead of trying to change the word of God. And that's a whole different subject for a different day, but we need to lay aside the sin, uh, as Paul put it, or, well, some people say, well, Paul didn't write Hebrews. I tend to think that it's Pauline, even if he's not the one who put the pen to paper. But anyways, the book of Hebrews says, set aside the sin which so easily besets you. Remember, James is talking to saved people. He says, you have to get this sin out of your life and receive with meekness the word because that's part of your sanctification where Christ conforms you by the word to make you look more like Jesus from the inside out. From the inside out. He said that implanted word. That implanted word comes from the Greek word emphutos, and it means inborn or implanted by others' instruction. So James clearly intends that he's talking to saved people. That seed has been implanted in the word of God the moment they got saved, justification. And he's now calling them to sanctification to allow that seed to grow and to continually cleanse the sin out of their life as they grow further in the Word of God. But if you're one of those people that gets mad every time you get corrected, then that's not going to work for you very well. Um, because the Word of God is a sword. It cuts going in, it cuts coming out. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you know what a two-edged sword does? It cuts when it goes in, and as I just said, it cuts when it's coming out. It cuts both ways. And so I, I would just challenge you, um, when you are listening to the Word of God, reading it, or in a sermon, and you're convicted, getting mad at the pastor uh, or the teacher is is really a sign of immaturity because he's not the one who wrote the Bible. I, I didn't write the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired of God. God is its author. I, I didn't write it. So truly, uh, and you may not be mature enough to handle this, but hear me, you're not actually mad at the pastor. You're mad at the author because the pastor didn't write the book. It's kind of like when you get mad at the mailman because he brings you a power bill. That makes no sense. He's the, as the old saying goes, don't shoot the messenger. And so uh, really there's an issue there. Now, if the seed is in there, though, you will mature eventually because he promised to complete every good work and, and it will implant and it will take root and you can see fruit. But where you see no fruit, there is no root. 
because the word of God reveals sin in our lives and it removes the sin in our lives. But if the but if you you are not in a state of sanctification, then you were never in a state of justification. If there is a root, there will always be fruit. Now some people might have more fruit in a shorter amount of time, vice versa. But this idea in America, especially that somebody who repeated a prayer when they were five and literally did what they wanted to for the rest of their life, that they're going to wake up in heaven when they die. That's not even in the Bible. Um, Where there's no root, there's no fruit. So he said to receive the meekness, that's some evidence there. And I'm having to skip through so much in these notes, so just bear with me. Um, But the point is this, that those who receive the word will be a doer. Now, let me get past that, because really and truly, verse 21 I mean, that, there's a whole sermon in verse 21. Verse 22, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. See, now you understand why I was talking about people that think they're saved but not. He says, when you're a hearer only, you've deceived yourself into thinking that you're saved. So again, as John MacArthur asked all those years ago, are you saved or self-deceived? In fact, when I preached this sermon, I titled it, Hearer or Doer? saved or self-deceived, gave it a double title to, to belabor the point that many will say to him, Lord, Lord, and he will say, depart from me those who work iniquity, and I'll put this in the plain English translation, I don't have a clue who you are. Not I knew you and then I forgot you, but I, I, I don't know you. Who, who are you? Who are you? And um, boy, that's terrible, isn't it? So he says those who do the word, the works of repentance, and in other words, there's fruit attached to their root, uh, will be. But those who hear only, they've deceived themselves. Now watch verse 23, use an analogy that's a little weird, but when I explain it, you'll get it. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of a word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So it's like when you look in a mirror and then you leave real quick because you don't like what you see. And then you forget about it and it's all even keel. You see, the Bible is the mirror in James' analogy. And one of the reasons people don't like to read the Bible is because it reads them. When they look into that mirror, it reveals their sin. And so they just choose not to look into the mirror anymore. That's a hearer of the word. They hear it, but they're not going to do anything with it for one reason or another. But a doer of the word, he looks into the Bible, and though sometimes it hurts and sometimes it doesn't, he continues in the word of God, pursuing God because his faith is genuine. And genuine faith lasts. And genuine faith works, as we'll see in James chapter 2. But but many people never get to that point because they don't like what they see. Um, I want to quote to you the late, great John Calvin. And I know some people hate that name, and it's like a cuss word. So if, if that name scares you, uh, just plug your ears. But Calvin said in the Institutes of the Christian Religion, you cannot know 
yourself until you know God. Well, you that's true. That's very true. Um, you don't realize how wicked we are as people until you search the Word of God and the Spirit of God reveals to you your sinfulness and that you need a Savior and that without Jesus, you're dead in the water, so to speak. But again, people, nobody likes to hear they're wrong. And so people see that in the mirror of God's Word and their response is to just stop looking in the mirror. As the old saying goes, ignorance is bliss. Now, Jesus said the same thing. And so I want to make sure you understand that not only does James not contradict Paul, but James doesn't contradict Jesus either. Um, Jesus in Luke 11, 28 said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Oh, many hear, but few repent obtain genuine faith and is evidenced by keeping the word of God. Again, if there's a root, there'll be fruit. Now, I had a cucumber plant this year, and it's dead. And when I looked at the root, it was black, it was rotten and decaying. Follow the analogy. There's no such thing as a perfect analogy, but if you stay with me, you'll get it. And essentially, it had no root. So naturally, guess what? There was no fruit. Now, you say cucumbers are vegetables. I understand that, but just allow the analogy. There was no root. There was no fruit or vegetable, as the case may be. So James is describing a man looking into a mirror uh, but leaving. And, And I believe it's implied it's because he doesn't like what he sees. So... Many people hear the word casually. They never, they never get into it. Um, they, they're never truly converted. They have deceived themselves. And James warns us twice in this portion of Scripture because in verse 22, he says that a hearer uh, who does not do is deceiving himself. And then again in verse 26, he says, those who don't bridle their tongue have deceived their own heart. And so we look at this last section of James chapter 1 as a whole pericope. Now, again, I would argue that you could take several sermons out of this one section without damaging the context and without becoming topical. Because remember, topical preaching isn't preaching. It's an excuse for the uneducated, the lazy, and the indifferent. But anyways, um, you could still be expository in doing that. But in looking at it as a whole, we see that hearers are not doers, and doers are those who possess genuine faith. And I, and I believe I can prove that to you simply by the fact that as you go on through James chapter 2, in not so many ways, he essentially says the same thing over. Uh, real faith produces real works. Now, uh, Paul said the same thing in Ephesians 2. Again, people say, well, Paul and James, they didn't agree with each other. That's just completely false because Paul said that uh, God ordained works for us to walk in. And I'm out of time. So that's a Cliff Notes version of this sermon. And I pray that it blesses you and you'll continue with us through the book of James.